welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 104. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you for the next little bit here. We have a few things to talk about. We're going to recap the Super Bowl from last night. Just some thoughts, quick thoughts on it. Braxton Berrios, we'll talk about him because he's been a massive storyline. And we'll talk about your voicemails in this episode. A ton of draft conversation, which is expected. It's the offseason time, the Jets' time to shine. And it's also your time to shine, by the way. I know it's Valentine's Day today, and sure, you're not going to be able to get it today. But help yourself in the long run, ladies and gentlemen. Manscaped.com. Promo code JETS20 for 20% off and free shipping on anything on the website. Lawnmower 4.0. The cologne, which has been in my heavy rotation lately. I love the smell of it. The body wash, I genuinely use every day. I'm not lying to you. I use that every single day in the shower. It smells good, and it's absolutely worth your while. 20% off free shipping on anything on the website. Check it out, manscaped.com. Join the millions and millions of men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their men's grooming needs. Once again, promo code JETS20 at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping around the world. Gotta love it. So let's hop into today's episode where we will be recapping the Super Bowl, talking about Braxton Berrios and an ungodly amount of money that I just, I I don't buy for a a second here and getting into your voicemail. So we'll start with the Super Bowl. The Rams won. I'm extremely happy for Matthew Stafford. I think he is deserving. He's a good quarterback who was, well, wasting away in Detroit for a very long time. Aaron Donald was deserving of a Super Bowl. Sean McVay, while I don't, I don't think he coached a very good game, He's he is a good coach and he deserved to get a ring. And I do feel for the Bengals and Burrow and, and their fans especially. Um, they're a young team, though. They should be back in the mix, I would imagine, the AFC here for a while. Uh, obviously, it's no guarantee. you got to take advantage when you have these opportunities, but they've had a, un- they had an unbelievable season in 2021, and it was a fun ride for sure. Um, my biggest thing in the Super Bowl that I just didn't understand with Sean McVay was trying to establish the run for as long as he did. Cam Akers was absolutely useless, and he kept running him up the line for no gain on first down every single time. It, it, their rushing attack was non effective. It was brutal for the Rams and they just refused to go away from it. And a big strength for the Rams in this game was their defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. And everyone knew that was coming. I mean, you have Von Miller, you have Aaron Donald, and you're going to get after it with against an offensive line. That's still very much so a work in progress. That's they need to draft multiple offensive linemen, go out and give Teron Armstead a bag, whatever you have to do to fix that offensive line and keep Joe Burrow upright. You better damn well do uh, because it's a little bit of a mess, that offensive line, but still Bengals in a good, in a very, very good spot building wise. That's, that's for damn sure. But to me, I'm going to get this to the jets here. Cause that's what we care about. This is a jet show. When watching this game, I said this, Give me all the offensive linemen, edge pass rushers, and weapons. That's what it takes to win in this league now. Um, it, it does everything else that you have is gravy. Sure, you need players at other positions. But if you have a quarterback who can stay upright in the pocket, has weapons to throw to, and then a defense that just gets after the passer, that makes life very difficult. And with today's rules, like that's why I want, and I think the Jets want, to prioritize pass rush over secondary. In the game, 
Jalen Ramsey, obvious missed call. And the first play of the second half is T. Higgins going for a, a run down the sideline on the left side. Clear as day face mask. Gets away with it. 70-yard touchdown. But in this league, how this league is built today, it's built for offense. It's built for passing. So guys in the secondary, for as good as they are, Jalen Ramsey, best corner in the league, doesn't get the benefit of the call there with the offensive pass interference. It's missed. The only way that you can stop teams in the NFL is getting after the quarterback. So if you believe in Zach Wilson, which I do, you got to get him weapons. You got to get him a stronger offensive line. The offensive line's a step, very much so, a step in the right direction. They massively improved from 2020 to 2021, but you can't be satisfied. Continue to get that better. And if you have a pass rush, then you have then you have a shot in this league. Then you have a freaking shot because that's what we saw in this game. For, I mean, and it's not just this Super Bowl. Look at the last few Super Bowls with the Buccaneers. They had a ton of weapons last year. They had a pass rush that was able to get to Patrick Mahomes. And the, uh, yeah, to Patrick Mahomes. And you have Tom Brady. This year, Matthew Stafford, obviously a good quarterback. Offensive line's fine. Their, their offensive line was more than fine. A billion weapons and a good pass rush. Now, I know there's like there's many ways to skin a cat. That's the expression, right? But when you look at what like the Jets needs, it kind of just screams to what we've been preaching for so long here. Offensive line, weapons, pass rush. That's it. Like, yes, the game is more complicated than just that. But if you're trying to dumb it down to like bare bones basic, that's what I'm saying. To someone who like doesn't know, maybe casual fan or just someone trying to get into the game, be like, Matt, what do you think the most important thing for a team is to win? I would say having a quarterback, having an offensive line, having weapons, and a pass rush. Anything else is just an added bonus. Because to me, if you have a great secondary, fine, okay? But in how the game is played today, I don't know if it's going to matter if you don't have a good pass rush. I don't. Because I look at the play at the start of the third quarter and I see the best cornerback in the league get cooked. I mean, he got beat a couple of times. Jalen Ramsey's a phenomenal corner and there's a ton of great corners in this league. But if you can't get after the passer, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. So give me the pass rushers, please. They have some nice pieces on the interior. Sheldon Rankins, uh, who I would keep, by the way. John Franklin Myers, Quinnen Williams, Carl Lawson coming back. Either draft an edge or uh, find one in free agency or via trade. And on the offensive side, help the quarterback. That's it. That's how I'm trying to keep it simple. Now, transitioning from one topic to the next year with my thoughts and takeaways from the Super Bowl to this Braxton Barrios narrative. So, I just want to make this abundantly clear. I'll start by this. I don't think there is any way that Braxton Barrios is seriously asking for $9 million a year. I don't. That is crazy town money for Barrios. And I, I like Barrios. And people are going to come and say, oh my God, Matt, Matt's the biggest Braxton Barrios hater, which somehow saying, I think Jeff fans maybe overrate Braxton a little bit and I don't think he should lead the team in targets then it equates to me being a hater, which fine. But for someone who you could bring back and have as your wide receiver four, be your everyday kick and punt returner, 
paying him $5 million a year, I think that's probably in your window, between the five and six range. Anything more than that, I don't buy. And sure, maybe, you know, his agent is leaking it out there and he wants to get his guy paid, but that that number is just it is insane. And again, he has value as a special teamer. I'm not telling you that he doesn't, and he's a good depth receiver, but in what world is he getting paid like the one of the highest slot receivers in, in the game when his career year is 431 yards and two touchdowns? In 2020, he had 394 and three. And again, great punt returner, good kick returner, all that. Nine million? Nine. I don't know how Rich Samini ran with that report. I don't. And you say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. $9 million. Yeah, I'll run with that. That seems logical. It doesn't. It's not even in the same stratosphere of what most are projecting for Braxton. I've seen people go as high as seven. And while I don't think I would do it, I could say, all right, maybe you could sell me on that. But that would be like, I don't know. If you're looking at uh, Lamar Jackson's due for a contract, right? And most people are thinking, all right, he's going to get paid probably around $40 million a year. That'd be like if he came out and was like, yeah, I'm looking for a report that he was looking for $65 million a year. It's not even close. We're almost double what Braxton Berrios was probably going to get to what the report was coming out. So while I could sit here and tell you why I don't think Braxton Berrios is a $9 million a year player, that's not really what the point of me bringing this up is about it's I I think that number is just way off I don't look at that and say oh my god Braxton's not going to come back because he's looking for nine million dollars I look at and then laugh at that number and say there's no way that's happening sorry it's just it's not going to happen if whoever Braxton Berrios's agent is I get it like you want to get your client paid sure independent contractor got to do what's best for him all that stuff is 1000 1000 1000 percent true but you're essentially doubling what his actual market value is by saying what the price tag will be. I'm, I think, I don't know, three or four, maybe four years, $20 million, roughly like $5 million a year player, five and a half million dollar a year player, somewhere in that range. That seems fair. That's reasonable. I could say, okay, yeah, that makes sense for Braxton Barrios. You bring him back. Once again, like I said, he's your punt returner. He's still young. He's 26 years old. He's your kick returner. He's good depth. And you need depth because, you know, guys get banged up. But is he someone who has to play every single snap of every single game? No, he's a rotational, nice, additional weapon. You're paying him $9 million a year. What are you, what are you doing? I don't, I, I, I don't buy it. Like, I just straight up don't believe it. I don't know where that that information came from and why we're going to give Rich freaking Samini the benefit of the doubt of, yeah, okay, yeah, that's believable. That's what Braxton Barrios is looking for. Not me. I'm not going to be that sucker. If you want to, fine, but I... Not for me. I, I'm not going to be that sucker. So with that, let's get into your voicemails. We have a ton to get into. Let's do it. 
Good news, Jet fans. I have exclusive content for you at patreon.com slash Matt O'Leary and why a $5 subscription gets you a ton of new content that's only available to subscribers. For instance, you have the player cards available from the 2021 season. They will update during the 2022 season to keep track of player progress. I will also do player write-ups on the NFL draft and on free agency, including those cards and during the season as well. And with these cards, I could do so much more data visualization that will be exclusive only to you. Secondly, why should you subscribe? You're already getting the player cards, which is a bonus. You're also getting the write-ups, which is good. But the first 100 subscribers will be entered to win a jersey giveaway. Pick a Jets jersey of your choice, and I will ship it to you. No extra charge, nothing like that. So subscribe today, patreon.com slash Matt O'Leary NY, and get yourself some bonus New York Jets content. Ben in New Jersey is here with a mock. Okay, Ben, what do you got for us, my friend? What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. So obviously with the Senior Bowl done and the end of the season right around the corner, I think it's um, only right that we give a little bit of a mock draft. I'm going to try to get as much as I can, but I don't know if I'll be able to finish it, so just bear with me. So I picked number four. I have us taking Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge out of Oregon. He was obviously at one point thought to be the best player in the class, but character issues, which I think are kind of a little far-fetched, may push him down a little bit. I believe the Jaguars are going to take one of the tackles of Kwanu or Neal. Okay. I think um, Detroit will take Hutchinson, and I think Houston will either take Kyle Hamilton or one of the tackles available. So that leaves Thibodeau. That leaves um, us landing cave on Thibodeau. Um, well, the next pick I was trading down with Pittsburgh. I, we, I think we trade pick 10, and in return we get pick 20, 52, and 84. And with that pick, I have us taking the t- Trevor Penning, the tackle out of Northern Iowa. I was a little against it at first, but after seeing him in the Senior Bowl, the dude is just ruthless. Like, he just bullies people. I feel like he'd be a great fit on our line. Makai Beckton and George Fans are probably going to start for this year, but next year is never guaranteed. So if one of them falls out, Penning steps right in. Um, with our next, with our first second round pick at 35, I have us taking tight end Trey McBride out of Colorado State. Not really much explanation there. We need a tight end. McBride is by far the best one in college football. And whether we signed Dalton Schultz or David Ajoku, McBride will fit nicely with them. Um, I actually have us trading our second um, second round pick at 38 for Calvin Ridley. Okay. That's, um, that's just, I think, a realistic trade. I think it would just make our team so much better. Um, round two, pick 52 from the Pittsburgh trade. I was taking safety Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. I think he's just the perfect safety for this, for um, today's NFL. Our safeties were god-awful last year, and Petrie is just a ball, a great ball-hawking safety who can play in the box as well. Um, round three, pick 69. This is contingent on Braxton Barrios stays. If he stays, I have a taking um, linebacker Chad Moom out of Wyoming, but if he doesn't stay, I have a taking wide receiver Khalil Shakir out of Boise mm. State. And round three, pick 84 from Pittsburgh, I have a taking interior offensive lineman Alex Lindstrom from Boston College, brother of Chris Lindstrom, and he's 
one of the best tight ends in this class, obviously no one near Linderbaum, but I think he, if we move on from a government at some point, he'll be a great fit. Smart. So that's all I have for the mock draft. Let me always think, and as always, go Jets. I like it. Uh, I definitely like it. I think my biggest criticism, and it's not really even a criticism, it's just a little bit, like a, a little bit nervous with Penning, and the reason why, like I love his intensity. He's obviously a physical player and stuff like that, which is great. I'm worried about penalties and if the penalties can become an issue with him um, and the stuff after the whistle. I feel like he's someone who, if he plays for your team, you love him. But if he doesn't, then you end up hating him because he's annoying. Um, but I like moving around. I think the Jets, there's a world where the Jets absolutely move around. I like the idea of trading for an established player. Um, I, good good draft overall. I think it was a really solid draft. And, you know, you know our plan makes sense. We, we talked about Braxton at the top of the show. I think he does come back nowhere near the $9 million a year mark. Uh, so I don't think they worry about that. But if he doesn't, like if it really does get up to that $9 million, you, you can't do it. So you got to find a way to replace him. And I think Joe Douglas knows that. And I think he – I will give Joe credit for this. I think he's been – pretty good about finding value. Now, I think that he has to... I think he's a little too stingy at times, but I, I, I think he's... I think his value is pretty close on where he projects people. So that's definitely a plus. Ben, I like it. Good job on that mock. We're going to do Jaden up next, and he wants to talk about some linebackers in this draft class. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Matt. This is Jaden from Phoenix, originally from Woodlawn, Bronx. Um, crazy my mom and her side of the family last name is O'Leary as well so I wonder where oh. we are on a family tree but there we go my question is I grew up a Giants fan but my uncle was always a Jets fan and recently I've become more of just a fan of football um, you know as we've seen both New York teams struggle but as I've been looking in and doing a lot of deep dives of the draft I wonder what you think about the linebacker position now I think that with four picks I like the the fact that we've seen a lot of the information coming out that they're going to help Zach Wilson these first two picks. I really do hope maybe an offensive lineman and a weapon um, with those picks would be awesome. So looking at the defensive side, two guys that I think aren't getting enough love but might be in play at one of those picks in the in the top 40 is Christian Harris out of Alabama. Mm -hmm. I really like what he can do and how much he's able to cover the field. And Leo Chanel, who has been a very big athlete, out of Wisconsin as well. I like those guys possibly coming in at that uh, very last pick of ours in the top 40. Just wanted to know if you've looked into them at all and how you like their prospect evaluation fitting into this Jets defense. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I think both would be in be, would be a fit. I really like Harris a lot. Uh, I just think, and you brought it up, I think he can cover and he's quick. Uh, and the Jets need linebackers who can do that. Uh, CJ Mosley, for as good as he was this past year, He's a little bit on the slower side. He's getting up there in age. He doesn't go sideline to sideline as well. You have to get younger. You have to get faster. I think both of those guys can do it. I prefer Harris of the two, but would not be upset at all if it was Leo Chanel. Um, and he's a little bit of a riser recently, but Harris, I like those defensive guys from Alabama because it's so close to an NFL system, I feel like. Maybe not corners because, uh, well, D. Milner burned. But anyway, uh, I... I I think he's absolutely a fit. It obviously depends on what else happens, but could they possibly go, I don't know, offensive line, wide receiver, um, or no, maybe let's do this instead. 
maybe edge with like Thibodeau at four, then wide receiver, then either uh, offensive line or Trey McBride at 35 and then linebacker 38. Yeah, probably. I think that's, you know, not something that's too crazy. I think those are two really good names that Jeff fans should absolutely keep an eye on. Like I said, I prefer Harris a little bit, but uh, it, it's close. And Chanel's definitely been getting better uh, and rising, rather, I should say, in this in this draft process. So who knows? When it, when April comes, maybe he's in front of Harris. I'd be surprised, but I think good call on either one of those. Uh, so let's do Ty in North Dakota up next with some more draft conversation. Hey, Matt. This is Ty. I'm a New York Jets fan from North Dakota. Weird, right? That's an Emerald Hess vibe. Old school. So my question is, I personally would love to see an offense lineman either at two or at four or at ten, and then in the second round grab another one. I really want Trey McBride. I want two offense linemen. I would love that rusher immediately at four, but I can't guarantee that. Right. What else do we want to see after that? Thank you. Yeah, I love it. And um, you bring up a good point here with like, obviously most Jeff fans are on the same page with what they want at the top. I think you have to build out depth and it's probably going to be a lot on the defensive side in the, in the mid to late rounds. Um, I would prioritize offense early and build out the defense in free agency and um, the mid rounds. Unless like you said, to Kayvon Thibodeau, if he's there, then phenomenal. I don't think your plan could be go in and just hope and pray that Kayvon's going to be there at four because it's not a guarantee. It's possible. And it's seemingly more possible as the days continue to go um, with the likelihood of a offensive lineman going one in Hutchinson two, and then meet like a Kyle Hamilton three, then there you go. You, you could either go a Kwanu or Kayvon Thibodeau. I would go with Thibodeau, but would absolutely not be mad if a Kwanu was the pick in that instance. Cause I think he'd be a massive improvement on this team. But uh, after that, then I think it's building linebacker depth. I think it's building corner depth. Um, I think they'll add a corner in free agency. You need to add a safety at some point in this draft class. Um, and yeah, just filling out the rest of your roster. I don't think you should go in with a mindset of like, oh, you have to find X amount of starters on on day three with the with the fourth rounder and the two fifths and stuff like that. I, I don't know if that's the right mindset here, but outside of getting weapons and maybe an edge rusher, it should be just kind of rounding out the rest of your roster. That's how I look at it. Uh, John from Long Island's got draft thoughts too. Common theme from this episode. Let's do it. And that is John from Long Island again. So 14, just wanted to elaborate on what I was saying before. I love Garrett Wilson and Aquanu Aquanu because of his versatility. But all in the line, he's had center position, obviously, which I didn't get in the govern. So I don't see a problem with him. He's average at least. He played well down the stretch. He did. Defense, I want to go in free agency. I want to get linebackers, definitely. Maybe Muma in the third round in Wyoming. Obviously, young veteran talent. I mean, young veteran talent. Obviously, Salah, Bryce Hall, Eccles. Tanoff had a nice game against the Jaguars. Safety. He can develop those young guys. I want, I want our defense to be smart. I don't want guys that are young. 
obviously all young guys, but lashy and can't read offense with no experience. But I obviously the offense has to be young enough to develop around Zach Wilson. Like I don't want like our timeline has to be set. It can't be just random players at random ages. Obviously Joe Douglas is fun enough to make that decision, but I know I'm young, but I've seen McCagney do it, and I've lived through Adam Gates and Todd Bowles era, which is honestly painstaking. All right. Thanks, Matt. See you later. It is painstaking. I, I really do get where you're coming from on this one, and uh, you're you're right. I think your draft takes are correct here, and I think you're it's you know the right mindset. Uh, I like going a linebacker in either like the second or third round. Uh, I think adding uh, offensive talent early makes sense. And it's kind of what we saw the Jets do last year with their draft mindset, at least on the defensive side of the ball. I think they'll do it again. Um, I really do. And Salah, I'm going to give him credit for this. I think he does a good job of getting a lot out of, you know, undrafted guys and day three guys. Hall, Eccles, Michael Carter, the second, um, even if you get something out of Pinnock, uh, he did it in San Fran. Now he needs help, and I think they will add premium help at the at pass rush, obviously. But I think another year in the system, hopefully not as many injuries where you have guys you never heard of playing safety for your team. Uh, and like uh, more depth at linebacker and obviously more pass rush help. And I think the defense will look different. I'm not saying it's going to be a top 15 unit or anything like that, but would it shock me if they went up to like 23? And I think that's fine. Anything more than that, obviously you want the best of everything, but if I could have a top 10 offense in like the 20th defense, okay, I'll take that. It's all about getting after the, like I said earlier, man, just get after the quarterback. If they lead high in pressures and sacks and stuff like that, then I think, you, I think you'll be fine. Owen's up next. He's calling in from New York. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. This is Owen Kahn from New York. I had a draft question for you. Sure. If the Jets were to get in one of those scenarios where uh, Thibodeau falls down to number four and also Kyle, Hammond, Kyle Hamilton falls down to 10, would you be comfortable drafting both given that we wouldn't be getting Zach Wilson any help, but we'd be getting two elite stars that did fall in the draft? So let me know what you think, and I hope you have a nice rest of your day. Go Jets. Thank you, man. Uh, my answer to that would be no. I would say the edge, yes, because that's what both myself and what I think that the Jets will prioritize. But I think one of those two picks has to help the quarterback, whether it's offensive line or wide receiver. Uh, so if it's Th uh, Thibodeau at four, then I'm saying, all right, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, or Traylon Burks at 10. Or move back and pick up another offensive lineman. But I don't think I can go back-to-back -back defensive picks in that spot, and especially in the secondary in the top 10. I get it. I know he's a good player, um, but that's not what I want to see the Jets do. Just as, uh, even if he falls to, to 10. Shane from New Jersey's got a PFF. Yes, PFF. I didn't know if it was PFN or PFF. PFF mock draft. Okay, Shane, let's hear him out. Hey, Matt O'Leary, how we doing? Shane from Jersey giving you a call. Good. Um, I did a little mock draft simulator thing on PFF last night, and I actually thought it came out really well, so I just wanted to tell you it and get your thoughts on it. 
And again, even if they don't go these exact players, just like positionally, uh, this is what I like. And again, just your take. So first, if Thibodeau falls four, you run and get him. That would be insane. I think we have easily a top ten D line. A little optimistic. Nine, or no, ten, sorry. Uh, Linderbaum, if he falls there. I just love him. Iowa guys, I'm a fan, and I think that sure is up the O-line. That would be a great two picks, in my opinion. Uh, McBride, you're going to get at 36. Uh, I think he could slide. Um, could always trade up, but again, this is how the simulator went. So those three picks, I think, would just already be a home run in the class. Trading back with the Browns uh, at our next uh, second-round pick, moving back to 44, and also getting pick 77. You're trading them pick, what would that be, 38. Sorry, I'm driving and trying to get out here. Not the safest thing, but don't do this at home. Uh, so you're doing that, and then you're picking up pick 77 with them, too. Uh, you're getting 40, 45 and 77. I'm taking Chad Mama at like 45. It. 68 or 69, that would be our other pick. I'm picking John Meshi. That is my replacement for Braxton Berrios. Bama guy cannot go wrong at all. I would love that, especially now with the reports of Berrios asking for like 9 mil. Uh, no, I'll just take a late receiver. Yep. Next, I'm getting Rucker, my man, double dipping at tight end. Ooh. Rucker's going to be a stud. Yep. Give me Verone McKinley next. That's our safety. James Cook, I actually think he's Dalvin Cook's brother from Correct. Georgia. The running back, give me that all day. That's another running back. Uh, Alec Lindstrom, random, just last pick of the draft. Give me a lineman. You sign a receiver, a safety, and a corner in free agency. Bang, boom, we have a great team going into next year. How do you like it, man? What's your thoughts? Uh, I'd love to hear it. Go Jets and be good, man. Thank you. Playoff bound, right? <laughs> um, I like it. Obviously, if you're double-dipping at tight end, you're not going for one in free agency, which is fine. I think that that would be a lot of fun. I mean, everyone's mocking McBride to the Jets just because I think it makes sense. Rucker is another guy that I love a lot. Um, and yeah, you kind of said it, man. If if you can't pay Braxton that much, so you just find a someone you like in the third round who can, you know, give give you some depth. That that's really it. Who has some speed, makes sense. I like this mock a lot. Um, my one thing that I would maybe change uh, is James Cook. Now I. I like, ooh, excuse me. I like him, but I would, I think I would prefer a bigger body guy like either um, the Alabama running back Robinson, or Haskins, the Michigan running back, or even uh, Cincinnati's running back is on the bigger side too. I think that would be my, oh, and I'm nitpicking there, but that would be my only thing that I would maybe change in that spot. But overall, solid. I think I'd be very happy if that was uh, the haul that they pulled. This offseason. Let's do Drew. He's calling in from North Carolina. Hey, Matt. It's Drew from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I just finished watching your five trade targets for the New York Jets video, and I left the video with a question. My question is, if we were to retain a Calvin Ridley from the Falcons for what you suggested a conditional 2023 draft pick and we're able to keep our four picks inside the top 40 this year, would you be willing to draft Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson with the number 10 overall pick and pair him up with Calvin Ridley, having Ridley at the one, Burks slash Wilson at the two, and Elijah Moore in the slot? I think that is a great way to have Zach Wilson really take that next step forward that he really needs to this season. What do you think, Matt? Thanks as always. Go Jets. 
Thank you, Drew. Um, I don't think I would personally go that direction if I'm acquiring a wide receiver like that. I think I'd probably look to attack a different position. Uh, ones we list, listed off, uh, tight end. Uh, for Well, at pick 10. All right, so then I would say either if you don't go offensive line at four, either offensive line, uh, maybe edge, um, maybe move back and try to grab something else. But I, I would, I'd have a hard time going again for another wide receiver in, in that spot. And I want, look, I, I do. I want to see more weapons around Zach Wilson. But I almost worry if that's too much allocation of resources to that position. And, you know, wonder if you can address some other areas. Because, well, yeah, they do, they do need weapons. This roster also needs a lot more than that, too. So I'm going to lean towards no, but if you're someone who does want that, then it's it's hard for me to disagree with that logic. I can tell you that much. Online security is a must in today's world, and ExpressVPN is here to ensure that your devices are safe. ExpressVPN protects your computer your phone, whatever device you want from hackers and ad agencies so no more annoying targeted ads spamming your device. The best part, well, this actually works with Netflix and other streaming services too for your protection. Use the link in the description to get three months for free with your subscription. With my code, you can save 49% And on top of that, get an additional three months for absolutely free. Protect yourself when you're surfing the web by using ExpressVPN. Details are down below in the description. Make sure you and your devices are safe. Dom from Long Island is back. Dom, what do you have for us? Hey, Matt. What's going on? Dom from Long Island. What up, dude? Uh been a while since I called. Hope the family's good. Hope Casey the gambling dog's doing well. <laughs> yes, uh, she's great. Over here. Um, listen, I wanted to talk about the draft. Um, that's all we can really talk about right now, aside from free agency. And it stinks because I love mock drafts. They're one of my favorite things to do during the offseason. But you really can't get, like, a solid mock draft or, or, like, a predictive one, like, realistically, until, you know, after free agency. Um, and after the combine, you see who does, you know, who tests well, who doesn't test well, what holes we fill. So it, as, mu- as much fun as it is, like, you really can't tell what's going to happen. But that being said, I, I really feel like the mass manifestation that us Jets fans are doing by, you know, mocking Trey Bride to the Jets in almost every <laughs> mock draft, I feel like it will pay off. I think he's down so. at 35 and we can grab him. Um, which I'm looking forward to, but I want to talk about pick 10 because I called in a while ago and I said they have to take Garrett Wilson, blue chip prospect, this, that, and the other thing. And listen, as much as I want to hear Bob Wachusen say on Sundays, Wilson to Wilson, (laughs) I am starting to think that Drake London needs to be the pick. And there could be recency bias, depending on whose highlights I've watched most recently, but... (laughs) The Drake London situation almost feels to me like the DK Metcalf situation. Like, it feels to me like people are getting too cute and they're, they're just overthinking it. And they say, oh, well, yeah, he's six foot five, 230 pounds and jumps up, you know, 
jumps out the gym and catches contested balls. Yeah, he does all that, but he can't he can't really separate. You know, it kind of just feels like with DK Metcalf, where you know, oh yeah, the guy's six four, is built like a Greek god, runs a four three, <laughs> but you know, he ran a bad three cone, so he can't draft. It. Undraftable. You know, it, 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 I don't know why. It just it just gives me those vibes, and I would hate for a receiver like that to slip through our fingertips simply because, you know, we just overthought it. And, you know, if you look at his highlights, the kid's impressive, and even for such a big, lanky dude, he does have some quicks. Like, you know, he he can duck and dodge and and juke guys out when he needs to, you know, when he has the ball in his hand. So, I don't know. I I really like Drake London at 10. You know, whatever we do in the rest of the draft, that's to be determined, like I said, based on what we do in free agency. But, uh, yeah. Let me know what you think about that, and go Jets. Love it. Um, so with Drake London, I want to kind of use the focus of that voicemail here. You do hear that a lot. He doesn't separate. Well, look, not every single wide receiver is going to come in with the exact same skill set. What he is elite at is going up and getting the football and just being like, hey, if you need to throw throw something up and you want your guy to go up and get it, he can do just that. Just don't really have someone like that. Mims was supposed to be. We know that that does not look very good right now. Corey Davis, I, I guess a little bit, but not really. I don't really look at him in, in that light. Elijah Moore is not going to do that. Uh, Garrett Wilson's not going to do that. Traylon Burks, I mean, he's a big boy, but I don't really look at him in the same vein or in the same light as uh, Drake London. Depends on what the Jets really want to do with this offense. If they want someone who's going to be a great route runner, uh, and who's going to get themselves open and take Garrett Wilson. If they want someone who's going to be electric with the ball in his hands and just be a playmaker, take Traylon Burks. Or if you're looking for someone who you can trust in the red zone, go up and get the football, stretch the field a little bit. You could take a deep shot with take Drake London. It's re- again, I, you can convince me on any of those three. My preference might be Burks, but am I going to be mad if London's the pick? Am I going to be mad if Garrett Wilson's the pick? No shot. I think it should be up to LaFleur and what he wants to do with his offense. And whoever he deems, you know, the best fit there, I'm going to trust him. Because you know what? He's probably the Jets' best offensive coordinator in a, in a long in a long time. Outside of 2015, Chan Gailey, in a very long time. Caden Smith's up next. He's got some plans to talk about for the offseason. Okay. Let's hear him, Caden. Hey, Matt, this is Caden Smith calling in from upstate New York, and I just had a little bit of a Jets offseason mock. And if we if this happens in real life to the Jets, there is no way we should not be competing for the Super Bowl next year. It's probably a little unrealistic, but just wanted to run by and see your thoughts. So we'll start with Kachui, Kach Craig Van Roan. He's garbage by <laughs> P. Ryan Griffin, not really good anymore, and Sheldon Rankins. Um, so those people, um, players are gone, save some chaos space. We're going to re-sign Foley Fadikowski, four years, $32 million, so eight per year. Um, LDD and Tom and Coleman for like one year, $2 million each, the veteran minimum, and then pick your choice of Flacco or White for the backup quarterback. Then we go to free agency. We're going to sign Michael Gallup, three years, $30 million. We can probably get him on a little bit of a cheaper deal since he was injured. I, you're not going to like this one because I know you're not a big fan of O.J. Howard, but we signed him one year, $5 million. I don't envision the Jets signing Dalton Schultz because he's probably going to get franchise tag. Fair. Then we go Rashawn Evans, linebacker from Tennessee, also three years, $30 million, really good player. 
Justin Reed, two years, $14 million from Tennessee. So you get a starting receiver, linebacker, possible starting tight end, and starting safety. So that's not a bad free agency. Then this is where things get cool. In the draft, we go Ethan McQuanna at four. I'm imagining that um, Thibodeau and Hutchinson will still be gone at that point. Um, at 10, we swap with New Orleans. They move up to 10. We go back to 18, and we snag Marshawn Lattimore. So we just swap picks and grab Lattimore. So you get your starting cornerback right there. Then at 18, we ship that to Minnesota in exchange for Daniil Hunter. So just a pure swap of 18 for Hunter. Minnesota's in the rebuilding process, and um, they probably want to be able to get their own guys in there, and we'll take Hunter. Then at 35, we send the 35th pick plus Denzel Mims to Atlanta for Calvin Ridley. We're building up the weapons for Zach Wilson. There is no excuse for why we can't be good this year. 38, everyone's favorite, Trey McBride. 69, another receiver, Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. going to kind of be our new Braxton Barrios replacement. Okay. 109, Alec Lindstrom, center from Boston College, kind of a developmental center that can take over next year if we don't re-sign Conor McGovern. Um, at 115 and 142, safeties, Kirby Joseph and Reed Blankenship. Um, just safety safety death in general. They can compete with um, Justin Reed and Ashton Davis. And at 165, Kate York, kicker from LSU. So at that point, you um, with the draft done, you find your starting cornerback and edge, two starting wide receivers, a starting linebacker. I mean, Zach Wilson will have no reason why he can't lead the Jets to the playoffs if this happens this year. And, I mean, yes, it's a bit unrealistic because of cap space, and I don't envision Joe Douglas doing this, but if it did, hell yeah. It's a lot. It is asking a lot, but that would be... Well, a, a very fun offseason. It would. Just flat out, it would be. But that's the thing. With how the Jets set themselves up with their cap space and with the draft capital, they are set up to look completely different in 2022. And that's the thing. While I might not agree with every single guy on Caden's list, the point remains the same. While, yes, there are whole, massive holes on this roster as currently constructed in... What it's now February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. In three months from now, four months from now, it, it is not going to look anywhere close to what it does right now. It's just not. With another draft class, with potential trade, with free agency, continue to help your young quarterback, as Kane said. Well, like I can nitpick names like OJ Howard. Would I love him? Maybe not. Um, but the thought process of helping your young quarterback get better is there. And that's what really, that's the only thing that matters to me is if the Jets can do that, if they can figure out a way to make sure that they're giving Zach Wilson everything he needs to succeed, well, then it's up to Zach to do the job, right? That's the thing that I don't want to see in 2022. I don't want it to be an unknown or the what ifs. What if Zach had a good offensive line? Could he be okay? What about the weapons? Could he be a good player if there was weapons? No. Give him the weapons, give him the line, and find out if he's your guy. We saw positive signs down the stretch with, you know, the turnover numbers got significantly better. Touchdown passes have to go up. Yards have to go up. But he does some things on the football field that make you go, wow. And I hope that with another offseason, some more time to improve and a better roster, that he looks much better next year. That's the plan. I love it. Thank you, Caden, for your for your offseason plan. Thank you for sharing. 
Main Jet wants to talk about Ron Middleton. Hi, Matt. Uh, this is Main Jet calling. Just wanted to uh, concur with your opinion on Ron Middleton. I think he's an excellent coach with excellent energy. Um, I love his intelligence and his uh, the excitement surrounding him. And but I think it it, it indicates more than what you know just who he is individually i think it's also a testament to our coaching staff overall and you know that's a that's a really really good thing because in the past i don't think we've ever really had that but um just wanted to say that and uh i hope you have a good day and uh, go jets thanks bye love it uh you're right there are a lot of things that I do like about this staff. And, like, I'm not going to put it in the same boat as, like, the 98 Jets or anything crazy like that. But I think Ron Middleton has a future in this. Like, they just – it's different. I'm sorry. It's different. It's not like the Todd Bowles staff. It's not like the Adam Gase staff. It's not like the Rex staff at the end. Like, you, you could – I feel like they're building something here. I trust LaFleur. Ulbrich, I think, is solid. But you have – a lot of like intriguing characters like Ron Middleton as a positional coach. Beck as your as you know, we bring in as the quarterback coach. Would have liked to see um obviously some some other things like if you know with Greg Knapp, obviously would have liked to see the veteran there, but I was happy to see LaFleur continue to improve as the year went on. Leon Washington. This guy I'm really excited about going forward. Congratulations to him, by the way. He got engaged over the weekend uh, in Manhattan, which was pretty cool. Brant Boyer survived every turnover in the coaching staff. He survived them, and he's a good coach. They're always they always rank pretty high, special teams wise. The staff is pretty good. That's why I feel confident, or a little bit more confident than I think I I did in the past with the Jets' direction with their future. Because while Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are not perfect, you can at least see a plan coming together. Did not see that at all with McCagnan, with Bulls, with Gase. It just felt like they were stuck in the mud spinning the tires. I don't feel that way. And sure, maybe it doesn't work out. Like I said, there have each of them has had their mistakes and misses and all of that. But I feel like there is at least a semblance of a plan and a process, which is something that you couldn't say for the last eight years before this, maybe longer. Anyway, we're going to close it out with Dan and Callie. Dan, what do you got for us? What's up, Matt? This is Dan from California. I'm calling in with a mock draft. So for this one, um, I use PFN. Um, not sure how realistic it is, but I try to use this NPFF just to kind of uh, get a feel for how the draft's going to go. Um, so with pick four, I actually traded it to Carolina for pick six, um, a 2023 second, and a 2023 fifth round pick. And then from there, so this is kind of unrealistic, but I did that anyways because it's fun. Um, from there, I traded pick six and 69 to nice. Eagles for picks 15 and 19. So, all right, now into the actual picks. Um, at pick 10, I picked uh, Ikem Ikwanu 
Okay. Um, offensive tackle from North Carolina State. Then at 15, I took uh, David Ojibo, uh, the edge from Michigan. Then at 19, I took Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. Nice. Then from 35, or at 35, I don't know how this happened, but Traylon Burks fell. <laughs> so I sent him up. <laughs> yeah. He out of Arkansas. Okay. He's a dog. I want him. Uh, then 38, uh, took our boy Trey McBride. Super pumped about that. Tight end from Colorado State. Then at 110 was our next pick since we traded 69. Um, I took Ruckert just because that's how the board fell. Tight end out of Ohio State. And at 116, I took uh, Yusef Corker out of uh, Kentucky, the safety. So that's my mock. Um, don't know how, how realistic it is, but just wanted to try to have some fun with it and switch sure. things up a little bit. So, um, anyways, love the show. Uh, love listening to it and. Go Jets. Thank you, Dan. If the, if the draft somehow fell this way, that would be amazing. I, I think you kind of hit it, though. I, I'm going to say unrealistic, unfortunately. Um, again, it's fun. And if the board falls that way, you got to do it, right? Like, you're not just going to pass up on it because, you know, screw it. You know, we do want to make it realistic. No, if that's how the board falls, do it. Weird things happen in the draft, so I guess it's possible, but... I don't, I don't know. I think you got some insane value there. So that's going to do it for me on this episode. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get the show. I appreciate the love and support there. Uh, it's going to be a fun week of football. Well, not really football. Football content is what I meant to say. Football's over, which makes me sad. It bums me out. But it's the off season, And the Jets off season is always when they shine. That's going to do it for me. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll talk to you next time.